Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Pete Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. We are your morning show for any hour. Come get the news, but, like, don't get freaked out. That's what we're going for, at least most of the time. Sometimes I get a little worked up. Sometimes I get a little worked up. We'll see how it goes today. How's it going, Vic? Sometimes. Hello, Mary Catherine. Doing fine. You know, it's funny. I'm still getting up early, even though the England trip was last week. And I always, and it, which is fine because I can get a lot of work done in the morning, amazingly, even exercise. But I used to say it is much easier coming back to the States than going to Europe because if you come back to the States, you know, it's easier to stay up an extra five hours than it is to go to sleep five hours early unless yeah. you're taking Ambien or something like that. Right. Which I don't I, I don't do. The, I don't do the drugs. For the sleeping. So it, it, it's fine. But yet every now and then it'll I'll just wake up now early in the morning. And here's the weird thing. I have a very solid plan when I go to Europe and pretty much the whole family followed my plan, except for Kate, who dared to take an afternoon nap when we arrived oh, in no. England. I said, don't do that. I said, you're going to wake up in darkness. I said, but no, she was OK. She made it. We went out to dinner at a pub. It was lovely. But my plan is, as many people agree with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. You do not go to sleep. And then you go to sleep by 8 p.m. People go to sleep at 8 p.m. So that's fine. Let's do it that way. So more to that point, I took the British Airways night flight. So not the 6 p.m., but rather 11 p.m. So the idea is you get on the plane 11 p.m., go to sleep for a couple hours, and then you arrive at 11 a.m. So you're just a little bit ahead, but you should be mostly fine. and, And it sort of minimizes that sort of jet lag effect. And you have breakfast on the plane, right? Right. You have like breakfast. It's a seven-hour flight, so we take off, and it's eleven, heading towards midnight. All of a sudden, they start handing out menus, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, they're having a dinner, a small snack before we land, but we're having dinner now." Okay, people are on still on East Coast time, right? Eastern Standard Time, so they've had their meal, yeah, and so they're going to convince themselves to eat again. So our whole family. And a, a lot of people we saw around us, like on in our row, were like, "No, we're going to go to sleep. Thank you. We're no beverages or anything. We're just going right. to sleep." The people, the couple behind us, my daughter noticed this because all of a sudden you hear clinking. They're having a midnight dinner. They're having midnight dinner. Well, and it's then, very European. And I guess that's true. It's very Spanish, I guess. But not only so, they've decided we're not sleeping at all. And so you hear the clinking. And- my daughter's like, oh, it smells so good, she says. And, you know, she's looking in the crack between the seats and it's like rigatoni, you know, like I'm sure it was amazing. And and then after that, she she told me, I, I forgot about it. Then after the dinner, they were asking for coffee. Let's have some coffee, you know. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. That's kind of so, crazy. What What is your plan when you so travel? I, well, I don't really have a plan as usual. My <laughs> whatever, whatever, the, whenever the mood strikes. I, no, my yeah. plan is my plan is sort of strategic ignorance, like. Whatever the sky says is what time it is. Listen to the sky. That's good. And do not think about it any further. That's it. And if you're tired, you're tired. I spend a lot of time tired. I have four children. It's fine. That's right. You just, you push through. That's right. That's right. You do the thing. Now The sun is out. You're out. I also do this with daylight saving time. And this is one of my hobby horses is that people complain too much about daylight saving time. I understand the complaints. And I think if we're going to change it, we should work on legislation. Yes. To do that. But the whining is like, it's an hour. It's an hour. Just make yourself <laughs> ignorant of it and move on with your life. 
I don't, I don't yeah. understand it. So, so, um, so oh, by I the way, the, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No. So I do the I'll same thing this. with large amounts of time. I just go like, I don't know. This guy says it's daytime. So I You're, guess I should yes. sleep. You are, you are obeying the, I don't know if it's called the biorhythms, but you're, you're following the circadian what the, rhythms. The circadian rhythms. Thank yes. you. You're following your circadian, which is very, very important. The sun is out. That's what they always tell you about natural sunlight is much more healthier getting up in the morning. And there's special lights you can buy if you have to get up before the sun. True. Up. I do think I would have trouble saying no to that meal because I'm paying for tickets. And that's, if that's this meal true. is part of it, the ticket, I need my meal. It's true. For me, that was a conflict. But I'm like, you know what, though, at the same time, I'm also a very serious, I like to say the word regulated, but obviously mm-hmm. regulated bathroom person. You know, like I'm a clock person. Uh, okay, and gotcha. I, it's like the, the last thing I need is to like to have an emergency on the M4. No, you don't want you know, that. Heading, heading Nobody out, wants that. <laughs> heading, heading out into uh, Wiltshire. So it's a different I, kind of mile, mile high club. Yeah, <laughs> it's the bad one. So, <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to discipline myself. I'm not eating. And I'll have a little breakfast. And breakfast was delightful. It was like their version of an egg McMuffin. Oh, that's adorable. With a really lovely muffin. You know those muffins that are not Thomas's? Like I grew up with Thomas's and it's got the nooks and crannies. The real English muffin is much smoother. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it it is interesting. But it was quite a delight. To answer your question about the, the hang up over daylight savings time is, you know, because it had passed the Senate and we thought this was going to happen. And then the debate was, okay, great, we're going to stop doing this. And everyone's agreed. This is ridiculous nonsense. Let's just keep it. Okay, fine. We're all agreed. And then suddenly the issue became, so do we keep it the way it is now? Right. Or the, or wait for the extra hour? And apparently that was split down the line. Like, nope. like no, no, absolutely. We have to wait for the fall. They're like, no, we got to do it now. And it was also regional. The Midwest people, Midwest Republicans and Democrats joining together, and then the East Coasters. Like Ed Markey and Marco Rubio joining together. In the forthcoming national divorce, we can choose one each and then everybody can have one can have standard and one Mm -hmm. can have the other. That'll be that'll be the decisive divide. How are you? I'm okay. How's the the reno? (laughs) So so I'm working on my reno. Here's the thing. We got a lot going on here, Vic. I have the four children and then I had two dogs because I was dog sitting for my friend Lauren's dog while she was oh, doing the marathon and then coming back. Oh my gosh. So so in my, you know, in my pre Steve gone feelings of invincibility, I'm like, no problem. It it really wasn't a problem. She's a very sweet dog. She's very easy. But it's a lot of moving parts. Same size dog, small dog, big dog? Biggish dog. Not quite as big as So they get along with each other? Oh yeah. They they tire good. each other out. They're good. good. They were good. They were so fine. that's good. Okay. So but there's a lot of moving parts. And then on top of that, the baby decides that he's going to be up a couple times per night. Oh. So the problem is that with all the moving parts, plus the baby being up, I have these big plans to do all this work on the reno when the kids go to sleep. But by the time the kids go to sleep, I'm like, whoa, feeling, feeling pretty tired around 7.15. You know, suddenly that guest bathroom looks pretty good. It's like, look, I, I love nice beige. Like this. I, I always, I didn't know I really loved beige. It's, it's an so, underrated color. So I'm putting in work, but not as much as envisioned, I would say, over the past couple of days. But that's okay because my deadline is Friday, you see. So I still have today <laughs> and tomorrow. <laughs> so two full days of work. All right. Well, what you need is enough time for things to dry. Whatever your plan is, I don't know what your plan is. I no. know you're keeping it a surprise, but 
things need to dry before he arrives, I guess. Is... Yes, that's that part I have got pretty much under control. Oh, okay. It has it has been a gradual process. I would just mm-hmm. say that yesterday I should have done more work than I did. So today we're playing catch up. I've got an annoying, again, everything that the previous owner did is very well adhered. Yes. So we have we have things that I'm attempting to remove without utterly destroying the drywall right. because I do right. not want to drywall an entire bathroom. That's not on the menu of options for us. Spackling, fine. Spackling I can handle, not doing full drywall. So I'm gradually getting things removed. And it's I, I, it's going to come together. It's yeah, going to come okay. together. Right. And then I, I did want to tell you about my... Okay, so I was... this This is what prompted this. I was searching... Instagram like you do when I was tired last night instead of going to sleep, which is what I should have done on the Instagram, yeah. watching watching the reels. And oh. I, I came across, this is a genre, a genre of reel, which is when generally sort of my demo, suburban moms show you their, hold on. That's a real suspenseful sentence for you, isn't it, Vic? It was. It was. Wait, did you what say- What did they hold, show you? Did you I'm say- holding on- I'm holding on because there was a plane, but then I realized oh, it sounded like did, I was going to say something you, scandalous. That was that was by me. Did yeah. you hear that through my microphone? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Okay. So they don't show you anything scandalous. Thing. Don't get excited. <laughs> hold on. I got to get back on Instagram. These, All right. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready to type it in. Oh. Show you their quote unquote target finds. Target finds. And I just, it occurred to me last night. You're not finding anything at Target. This is capitalism. It has found you. It like ah. Target is like the most specifically focus grouped environment is that it? made to entrap women like me and like these women who are bragging about their finds. And it's like Joanna Gaines was made in a laboratory to bring you into the Target and then yeah. have you purchase the home goods. You, yeah. It's not a treasure hunt. They, they do were, a, they do a walk in where everything is placed. There's a reason it's not randomly there. No. Everything is a reason for when you walk in what you see. Right. This was not hidden from you in any way. Yeah. On the other hand, thrift store shopping is a treasure hunt. That is. And I found something which, this week. Which, by the way, that and that is your area of expertise. I well, I would consignment. Not say I'm an expert. You do consignment and things like that, right? That's your. That's yeah, your but role. I, I'm not an expert. Yeah. I just, I but I do have fairly decent luck. There are yeah. other people who have better luck than I do and mm-hmm. find all sorts of designer okay. things. But I'm not looking for designer. I'm looking for quirky. And I yeah. found such a find this week. A pair of tennis shoes circa 1975. <laughs> Wait a minute. Never worn. Worn by Billie Jean King. <laughs> never worn. Uh-huh. Somebody must have found them in Grandpa's attic or something and they just were in the box. The brand is the winner from Sears. Do you have a memory no. of these? No, I was ready for you know, and I know my tennis shoe brands because you know I used to play tennis and stuff. So I was ready for, for you know, to be like not surprised at all. No, I've never heard of this. Okay, the winner. So, so the winner okay. was when Nike and Brooks and Adidas were sort of coming forth with and sort of taking over the market. Sears decided that it needed oh, Sears. a brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sears partnered with Converse to create the winner. And so Converse made these shoes, which if you look at my, this on my Instagram, MK Hammer Time, if you look at the pictures, really crossed some intellectual property lines with Adidas, Brooks, and Nike for sure. Oh boy. But they're unworn and they are fantastic. And when I put them on, I feel 
like an 80s dad who sits in his kiddie pool, drinking a beer, who play, maybe plays volleyball down at the, the YMCA, yes. you know? Now I, these, but, but these, are, these are women's tennis shoes, yes? No, I think they're men's shoes. Oh, but you... But they're but like, they, a, they, were they're size, com- they were size six and a half, so they're Got, my ooh, size. That is small. Com- comfortable then? Yes, yes. So no markings on it all? Not scuffed up at all? No, they're not scuffed. The inside isn't worn. Oh, that's amazing. The, the actual tread is mm-hmm. perfectly intact. I, I do not think they've ever been worn until I, there was, yeah. I resurrected them, not mm-hmm. from Target ladies, but from the Salvation Army. Amazing. You're amazing. How, how do you do at those police drug auctions? You know, when they have like, they'll be like a, a red Corvette that needs to be honestly, sold. Honestly, and you're up I, there like 5,000. I got it. I have never ventured into auctions and there are plenty of online auctions where you can yeah, get I'm all sure, sorts of I'm crazy sure stuff. you find it very tempting. No, that's not true. I have ventured into eBay auctions, but not like, not like sort of <laughs> yes. property, property yeah, that has been that seized. Seized, seized property from, from, from drug lords, yes. Or there are auctions for like restaurants that have shut down, oh, things yes. like that. I would get in real trouble, I think. I, I would buy a lot of outlandish stuff. So I don't go there. The you know, our our former colleague Claudia Anderson, she happened to luck out, and I wish she told me about this. When the Jefferson Hotel in town was going through a major renovation, Ooh. they were just they just decided to get rid of all the old stuff from the old restaurant. At the Jefferson, which is a fancy restaurant. And she got this enormous tureen, like a soup tureen and ladle. I mean, like for like, for like, you know, if you're having a very large dinner party and for like an insanely cheap price, I love stuff. You know me, I just don't have space, but I'd be all over that. I could use another, a Bain Marie, a double boiler. Give me something, you know, (laughs) hotel pans. I'll take a hotel pan. I give a hotel pan. Give me that. Okay. So here's the the other thing. You mentioned Sears, which is funny. So you, you bought it really during... When it was still in its heyday, uh, right. Sears. I mean, they had really good quality products. You know, from the time of like the, the old catalogs from the like the early 1900s, Sears were like right up through the 70s and 80s, and then it, it, they just could not compete. Yeah, we did a lot of else. shopping when I was a sad. child at at yeah. Sears for sure. That yeah. was like a back to school place that you went. Yes. It, yeah. It occurred to me, and okay, so this might be regional, but where I went to school, off brand shoes were called Bobos. I don't know if that's a thing. No, it doesn't ring a okay. bell for me. They were called Bobos. Right in if they were in your town as well. Maybe it's a Southern thing. And it occurred to me that these shoes I'm wearing are like the original Bobos. Bobos? It's like, <laughs> kind of knockoffs. Like you would definitely get made that's fun okay. of for wearing them. They're pretty yeah. nice looking. They're, but, they look yeah. good. But here's but, the thing now. 50 years later, it's very cool. This is what I'm saying. This is what yes. I'm saying. But yeah, I, I, as, a, as a habitual wearer of Bobos, yeah. because we could not afford nice shoes. They... Um, I, I'm proud to wear them. I'm proud to bring them back. You know what they really had that going for them, Sears, also? And I read about this. It was a very long investigative report a year or two ago in, at the Wall Street Journal about what happened to Sears. And my dad confirms this, which is one of their best things was the Craftsman tools. Mm-hmm. You know, Sears Craftsman were really good. They lasted forever. Yep. And these, and then what happened was they wanted to get into the more clothing and retail and more you know trendier brands. And they moved the craftsman stuff out, and so you didn't see it anymore. And then it was all downhill. I they also think that was smart. Yeah, that no, was it wasn't smart. And they over and they had. I remember Sears Automotive, where you could take your car in as oh, well. Yeah. And here was you know what they jumped the shark when I was reading the story in the in the journal. They decided to go into the world of like credit and finance and like Sears banking. 
Mm. It's really stay in your lane. They had multiple lanes, but that it was, was the, one too it was many the, lanes. The crypto of its day. Yes, that's a the first bad Bobos, idea. the first crypto. Let me open up a bank account with Sears. When the okay. world no, yeah. when the world ends though, yeah. the the Sears. Sears credit is going to be the only thing that, only thing that matters. Like yeah. if you have a Sears credit yes, card, that's right. you will be able to open doors in the apocalypse. That's it. That's it. And that I is... will be wearing my winter shoes and Excuse I will me. therefore be given a Sears credit card. Maybe Jay-Z pennies, but definitely Sears. Okay. Uh, uh, should we talk about the news? Let's do it. All right. What's going on out there? Okay. Actually, let me give you, I want to give a, there's a couple brief updates yeah. in today's show. And I just want to give a brief update on Twitter. And I know I didn't, I didn't, this is a surprise, but there's a lot going on. And I just want to like give a preview because it's going to be the conversation for the next week real quick. So Elon Musk still owns Twitter. A lot of weird stuff going on. I am not a huge fan of being on Twitter because I don't think it makes me a better person. So I try to just do a tiny bit here and there. Weird things happening. Then Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire was hacked. Uh, I heard about he this. He is a, you know, social conservative sort of firebrand, I think would be yeah. fair to say. I don't think sure. he would he would object to that label, but definitely a conservative commentator whose whose account was hacked by someone. And apparently his personal stuff was hacked as well on various accounts. OK, bad news. Wired, which is a technology magazine. Yes. Wrote about said materials and had those hacked materials, at which point they were punished according to the terms of service of Twitter. And Wired is like, hey, you can't kick us off Twitter. And it's like, well, I'm I'm fairly certain that dealing in these actually hacked materials yeah. is a violation of some kind of the terms of service, whatever the punishment may be. And again, this is coming from the people who lectured us endlessly about how Hunter Biden's stuff was hacked when, in fact, it was not hacked. It was, it was hacked. from the hands of the right. rightful owner who had become the rightful owner yes. because Hunter Biden left this right. in his hands at his business establishment. Okay, the, the, the blind computer technician. So, yes. So now we're going to have a whole conversation about hacked materials again, but everybody's going to be on different teams this yes, time, I guess. Reverse. Everyone's going to reverse. And also, I would like to say that Elon and his like sort of mercurial and confusing enforcement of rules has still not taken away my blue check mark, which is fine. Well, yeah, same. But I think because we're legacies and my understanding is that we get to keep it because we're legacies or no. Oh, I don't think we get to keep like, it. I think I think really? governmental organizations get to keep I see, it. I, yeah. Well, I would say governmental organizations and prominent journalists, still not me, by the way. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, Semi-humorous podcasters. I think that's the Oh, is that in there? Okay. They cool. get to keep their blue cool. check marks. <laughs> <laughs> Let go in disgrace from CNN. Is that one of the... Uh, um, yes. Uh, yes. And, oh, yeah. You get that's extra one of the categories. You actually do get extra points for that. So uh, let me ask you a simple question here with the Matt Walsh hacking. What was what was going up in his name as tweets and things like that? Just gobbledygook, oh, or was it I like think it was crazy stuff. stuff? Well, it leads into our next topic. Let me do, let me just say, oh. by the way, one one of the things that I'm unsure about with the blue check thing is like, I like having it. I think it's useful to be able to like sure. say this is the person that I am. I don't love that it's giving the impression as the months go on that I'm paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know, I'm not sure I want people thinking that about me, but here we are. So if I lose it, I I, I lose it. I don't. So with Matt Walsh, who is I think most outspokenly 
a critic of transgender surgeries, of oh, gender ideology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that were going on his Twitter account were like pro or like I think. Oh, there was, okay. I think, and I think there were some racial slurs thrown in there for good measure. Yeah. yeah. And again, the, the personal stuff is even like that's just more disturbing because yeah. as a public figure, of course, you mm-hmm. are always concerned about security right. of those things. And it is not fighting fair, even if you disagree with someone, to take their personal stuff from yeah. them and publish it all over the place. Okay. So that's going on, but it leads into what was supposed to be the first news story of the day, which oh. is these laws out of Washington State, California, and Colorado. I think and more. Three. I mean, more and more. Every you know, it, it it's a battle between, I don't know, red states, blue states, yeah. trying to stop it and try. Well, so, please well, don't let me interrupt. Washington State is the latest. Let me just I'll read to you what what they pa- ended up passing this week. Washington State lawmakers approved a bill Wednesday that protects. This is NPR framing just so you know protects teen runaways seeking gender affirming or reproductive health care senate bill 5599 is now headed to governor jay Inslee's desk for a signature it will be signed normally when a teen runaway arrives at a shelter staff have to notify their parents unless there is evidence of abuse or neglect the bill carves out two more exceptions teens seeking gender affirming or reproductive health care so Normally, when a teen shows up at a shelter, the mandated reporters, which the state is, must get in touch with the family and say, hey, we have found your child. And unless there is obvious abuse or neglect, and now under the category of abuse or neglect, we have the idea that you might need, might not be supporting enough of a gender transition or perhaps an abortion for a minor, right? Yeah. So this is definitely definitely expanding the old definition here. This is in another write-up that's in Washington State. Opponents who spoke during public testimony at the Capitol in February were largely concerned about, oh, are we going to scare quote it? Yes, we're going to scare quote it. Parental rights. Eric Pratt commented that he thinks the bill will enable children to make poor health care decisions, quote, without the guidance of their own parents. It's really concerning as a parent. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the supporters, of course, say, Hey, this is all to help kids. We know when people don't have access to gender affirming care, it leads to lifelong challenges in terms of mental health. Yeah, you know, as opposed to no longer having, you know, other genitalia, breasts removed or right. you know, other genitalia removed. That that doesn't have any long term. Well, the, and this is the and, thing yeah, that so. the bottom line for me is that I. I Early onset osteoporosis, things like that. You know. I there is not, and this is the problem with a lot of the COVID stuff, there is not copious medical evidence to support what they are saying there is copious medical evidence to support. Mm-hmm. Now, people will say what they said during COVID, which is, you're not a doctor. You're not an epidemiologist. Right, you're not right. a gender I- ideology and you, a dysphoria expert. No, but what we found out during the COVID stuff was that the parts of the medical profession can be very, very full of people who come to a consensus very quickly yep. and impose it on the entire industry and do not like dissenters. And what you'll find out from science reporters like Jesse Single is that, in fact, the evidence for whether this is helping children is fairly sparse. Yeah, And in fact, that a lot of researchers either withhold certain parts of studies because it gives right. not to the correct narrative, or they just don't do the studies because it's too risky to study it. Because you're going against right the the sort of you already have a preconce- you have a preconceived notion and you're looking to just confirm it. You're confirmed right. your bias. Yeah. 
And in the end, we're talking about children who I truly, I just don't believe that they can truly understand yeah. the changes that they are taking on and how, how they will affect them in the future, partly because I don't think the doctors in the medical community truly understand exactly what yeah. the, I don't know, the expanse of that looks like and right. what negative effects it might have. So here we are with Colorado. Colorado just signed a law to yep. Polis, Jerry Polis. A, a Democrat who's generally more moderate when it comes right. to business things, but not on this, I guess. California, Washington, where your kids can go and then they will not report that your runaway came to this state. It's like so, it's like having so, your car towed, except it's your kid. Right. Yes. And like, so he if, belongs to them. Now. If you're from Alabama, for example, or another state, West Virginia, wherever. And one day your child's gone and you're looking for them and you try to find out from certain states like California or Colorado or Washington, is my child there at this at, at this shelter? You're telling me that they can say, nope, we don't know anything about it. That's it? Really? National Review reporting on this a month or so ago in in Washington said the, the parents of children seeking gender affirming medical interventions, which can include everything from puberty blockers to serious surgeries are not to be told if their children turn up in shelters. Instead, the department, so the state government, will be informed, ditto if a child wants an abortion or potentially dangerous self-managed termination. I I am like someone who, especially for adults, I don't want various things outlawed, right? I, sure. If you're going to make these decisions as, a, as an adult, I'm not going to be the yeah. person who's like, you're only allowed to have certain kinds of, of things, right? right? I, Abortion is a different issue because it involves the life of another human, right? So that's right. The, the the line that I draw. So transgender surgeries, I don't want that banned, but I think restrictions on age are perfectly reasonable. They're perfectly reasonable and they're treated as if they're insane. We don't we don't let minors smoke tobacco, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. somehow they're able to make this decision on their own and we're supposed to support it. My, what is the state thinking here when they want these bills, they push for these bills, they want these bills to become law. Do they think parents should not be told, we don't, we don't think parents should have a right to know what their child's you know, new gender is going to be? Or do they think that you know, parents should not even have the slightest reluctance if they're told that they're, you know, because again, a lot of it is they don't want to actually tell. They don't know what the parents think and they're fearful that there could be repercussions if they say, oh, by the way, your son now goes by Jennifer or something, right. whatever. Well, yeah. So I think this and this goes back to COVID times as well. Right. There's this yeah. conception of parents rights that it's some sort of weird. Yeah. In, like, in quotes, as you said, it's in quotes. Right, that it's some weird idea that comes from very controlling Christian conservatives. The idea yeah. that you would pass down your values to your children. It's very antiquated. The idea that you would care well, about their- like that their... piece, that piece right. that we discussed exactly. last episode. The, the idea that you would care about their well-being, that you would, I don't know, have what's best in mind for them. The idea that yeah. you would, here's the part that they don't like, the idea that you would love them by setting some boundaries for them. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that is, that's actually one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is to set boundaries for them. And for me, I think, the one of the fundamental boundaries of life is you do, with very, very few exceptions, fall into two biological sex categories. One of two. 
Now that doesn't mean your expression. We've only been do- we've only been doing this for thousands of years, though. Mary and that Catholic. doesn't mean your expression yeah. thereof has to be aligned with whatever no. stereotype that. It, but it just is a fact. And we are now being told that that's crazy talk. Yeah. And that anybody who believes that particularly don't frame- believe your don't believe your lying eyes or the lying yeah. eyes of the obstetrician. Well, and particularly framing it as parents' rights and that you yeah. should have a say in how your children express their gender or whether they get hormones or medical treatment is considered a weird thing by those in the media and by those on the left. Suddenly they think this is that, that that's the crazy thing. And as opposed to wanting a 13 year old who says, you know, she wants to be a he or vice versa and let's get them on the, you know, chemical, you know, castration, puberty blockers, or even a smaller percent that decide they want surgery. Great. Let's encourage that. Let's push for that. And anyone who disagrees, we will separate them from by their the way, ch- child. I do think, and th- by the way, this this comes from the other side too, when people talk about separating kids who seek gender affirming yeah. care with their parents' permission, right? And taking their kids. Let's not mess around with taking people's kids away right. via the state. Like that's a, that's a bad scene. Do I think it's a lesser evil to put restrictions on minors doing this than it is the other way around? Yeah, but- this is let's not mess with taking keep people's kids away regardless. Right. And I'll, this I do think it's we've moved from not having a debate about this to having a debate about this, which is helpful. And for those who would say this stuff doesn't happen for minors, which is was kind of the chorus until now, like, oh, they don't do hormones. Yeah. And surgeries for, yeah. It's uh, a panic and you're making this up right. and you're only doing this to gin up your support for your crazy side. So Reuters says and this is a, a actual like investigation from last year. A, a group looking through insurance filings to try and figure out how many people actually are doing this. A total of 17,683 patients ages 6 through 17 with a prior gender dysphoria diagno- diagnosis initiated either puberty blockers or hormones or both during a five-year period that they examined. Of these, 4,780 patients had initiated puber- puberty blockers and 14,726 patients had initiated hormone treatment. So these are things that actually happen. Surgeries actually happen for minors. Thousands. People have to be pressed to admit this because the Mm -hmm. former line was that this never happened. And I do think we've sort of evolved in that we are Mm -hmm. allowed to talk about this now, (laughs) whereas before we were not. But these these laws, I think also the Free Beacon wrote about this too, that these laws- Susanna Luthi wrote about it. Right. That they may end up violating the 14th Amendment. In local parentis. Right. Because, you know, the Supreme Court clarified in a discussion of the 14th Amendment, by the way, with a bunch of liberal justices backing up this insane notion, because it's not an insane notion. Fundamental right of parents to raise, care for, and educate their children as they see fit. And this writer, Free Beacon, says in their rush to enshrine minors' rights to undergo controversial medical procedures without parental consent, blue state leaders may run afoul of this precedent Legal analysts say, again, that Supreme Court writing comes with the backing of like very liberal justices. <laughs> this is not. But, but, but they're no longer liberal by our standards now. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it goes, you know, when well, you're talking even, about justices or politicians like Bill Clinton, they're not, they're not liberals. They're not now. Well, and even if they were, Ginsburg, yeah. like, I, and I'm not sure, I was reading up on this recently. I can't remember exactly which justices concurred on this, but definitely considered lefties in their jurisprudence. 
sure. and or liberals in their ju- jurisprudence. But also, like this happens all the time with liberals, right? The the rug just mm-hmm. get pulled further out from under them, and they're like, "Oh no, yes, yeah, sure, we believed that like two years ago, but now we believe a different thing because parents' rights is now bad and righty and controversial." Parents' rights are not controversial. It is. It was and should remain understood that parents have a fundamental right to be part of their children's raising. Yeah. And that, cons- that, by the way, I just yeah. want to check my box. That also goes for those who are doing gender affirming stuff with their children, because I, yeah. there is a real segment that deals yeah, sure. with actual gender dysphoria. Yeah. 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 The problem is that we're not actually talking about it, honestly. Right. And the other thing is, I feel like in a lot of schools, and this is just based on things that I read, school newsletters, where, you know, students, you know, in the sixth grade and onward right. are being encouraged to try out different, you know, they, they say different clubs, but we're talking about also, you know, see what feels right for you as right. you are entering puberty. And hey, man, that's great. And maybe we can encourage you to try this or try that. Right. And then pushing for that. And again, we're talking about these numbers, the, that Reuters piece. The first thing was it was very hard to get through the Reuters piece because of all the politically correct phrases that they yeah, use. Who, like, who even knows what they're, they're saying? They're not anymore. talking yeah. about, right. They're, they're using gender care. I'm actually using I'm using they them. I'm using I'm using they them for Reuters. Just right. Yeah, exactly. Be safe. Gender gender assignments about you know just how you're born and what do they say there now? The numbers have skyrocketed that there are no over forty thousand children in this country who identify as trans or non-binary. And I was just texting this to you earlier today, and I said, you know, I don't think there were forty thousand kids five years ago just dying for the opportunity to be given the option of becoming trans and then having, you know, right. these options for trans gender affirming care. I think we're creating this. Well, and there, yeah. So. And then there's a, a discussion again, this was verboten a couple of years 40, ago when, lot. when Abigail Schreier wrote the book, but there is evidence that particularly among girls, adolescent girls, that this could be a social contagion, which doesn't mean that the kids aren't suffering. It just means we should right. have a discussion about how you should treat that. Right. Suffering. Right. And consider whether a social contagion is at work here and what is the proper approach to that. Whereas before the conversation was, oh, you know, you're not allowed to suggest. In fact, people have lost their careers over studying it and suggesting that it might have among teenage girls who never were a a group that experienced this in large numbers Mm -hmm. before suddenly experiencing it in large numbers, that that might actually have Mm -hmm. something to do with social contagion. I had two other thoughts. One was parents not being told where their of their child's whereabouts if in fact it's because they're seeking safe haven as they call it for gender affirming care and you know the only reason why they wouldn't tell parents in the olden days as you said is because of abuse now they view parents not supporting their 13 year old's decision to have a, a different gender abuse that's the abuse in their minds well and the, the other the, thing the bar yeah. is lower and lower until the bar is just like yeah. well her parents are conservative we can't, yeah, oh yeah. We can't yeah, give no. her back to them. No, no. And they want they will separate your child from you if you just if you happen to live in one of these states and you don't happen to be all a hundred percent in that's great. Well, let's start putting you in different and in you the, know, I mean in the same really. breath, the people who back this will tell you, No, they're not coming for your kids. Oh yeah. Like no, no. no. Yeah, and what what and then when that comes out, then they'll say, Of course we are. You're crazy to think that we shouldn't. And then the other thing is again, we've mentioned this from time to time about what's happening in Europe. Europe used to be on the, I hate to use the term cutting edge know, on this, but they were. Yeah. And suddenly they've put, they've, they, they, they've put on the brakes and saying, yeah. let's not, for minors, 
They're seeing what's happening. They have longer term results because they've been doing this for a while. And even places that you consider to be traditionally very liberal, they're not they're not yeah, doing it they're anymore. Putting the and yet on this. we're going full steam ahead. Oh. As with all things. Yeah. And I yes, I am more skeptical post COVID. I want yeah. show me the data. I want longitudinal data. I want it clear. I want it I want it to be yeah. copious. And if you're not producing that data, then we need to have a different discussion. And you don't need to be mandating this kind of care regardless of what parents think. Right. So again, I, I always recommend Jesse Single. That's S I N G A L. He covers yep. this stuff in pretty in a lot of depth. So it's gonna get he gets a little in in the weeds. But if you check his writings out, he will give you a good sense of how much medical data there actually is here. Right. And he he does it, I think now he gets attacked all the time because any dissent is a or any any critical thinking about this is is an attack mm-hmm. on the trans community. So he gets attacked all the time for it, but he's quite compassionate in the way that he talks about it. Sure. And is not a hater and is not some sort of transphobe and just is bringing information to the table. So I recommend him as a read. Anyway, started out nice and non-controversial this morning, huh? I, we were talking about jet lag remedies and suddenly it's <laughs> here here we are. Okay. Okay. I wanted to move on to something. Now now here's where you're gonna get the 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 confusion about what what's what's okay for kids and what's not okay for kids oh, sure. because there was a there was a little I don't know if you saw the dust up the other day about what's appropriate for children it had nothing to do with gender affirming surgeries what it did have to do with was a guy who went into a Chick Fil A and filmed himself talking to an employee there okay I'm gonna play it for us real quick oh boy you work here yeah how old are you thirteen oh my god is that even allowed what? Is that even allowed? Yeah. So that's a guy running into a 13-year-old employee at a Chick-fil-A. And I don't know exactly what the story is here, but he asked, the, like, is the, that even allowed for you to work here? Did, did Chick-fil-A, they went into the home, right? They got the 13-year-old. They dragged him out and forced him to, to for, do this? To work in the hellscape that is yeah, Chick-fil-A? Yeah, yeah to, 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 to do the waffle fries. It's our pleasure, they said. So <laughs> That's good. So... So this became a big controversy and it led into a discussion about how much kids should work or should be allowed to work. And look, there's different things at issue here. But I think to me, it's relatively non-controversial that minors should be able to work as table bussers or servers or people who take orders at Chick-fil-A. This does not seem controversial to me, yet it stock seemed- Stock boy. There, you know, the, the term stock boy, there's the word boy in it. I guess you can't use that. Stock person now. Stock, stock human. Person. But this doesn't seem controversial to me. And yet every kind of teenage employ- employment oh. was being treated as like yeah. inherently abusive. Right. Like, 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 like this is the jungle. You know, they're they're right. there. They're cutting up the meat and there's fingers in there. You know what I mean? I mean this is horrible. You got to go back to work. Like, Chicago will be ours. Right. So in Iowa, they recently and I, I am not commenting on the wisdom of this. I'm just bringing it up as, as a data point. Lawmakers in Iowa's Senate passed a controversial bill as AP Tuesday that would allow minors to work longer hours and work in currently banned roles like serving alcohol at restaurants. Des Moines Register reported. Supporters of the bill, mainly Republicans, said it would give children valuable opportunities to work and get paid, whereas opponents, largely Democrats, said it would harm children. So this passed. I I find a lot of value in work for oh, teenagers. Don't get me started. Absolutely. So 
I'm not sure, like, I'm sure there are situations in which this could have unintended consequences where I don't think it's a great idea for minors right. to be working. But again, compared to the minors can consent to yeah. life-changing surgery yeah. and it's the totally year, fine. The 13-year-old 13, can be separated from his parents, live in a shelter in Washington, and decide to go through this process of changing that person's gender. But the job at Chick-fil-A, that's a bridge. That's a problem. Now, there that's is right. a... Now, there is another story that is a genuinely problematic child labor story. And this one, reported on by the New York Times, by the way, it's about the fact that 250,000 immigrant children have oh, come into yes. the United States yes. alone yes. over the last two years. That's unaccompanied minors alone. Now, remember, Democrats were very sad and crying at the border because we had, kid, quote, kids in cages. Which Kids was, in cages. Which was pl a way a way to keep unaccompanied minors separate from adults for a time because you have to determine whether the adults they're with are their right. relations. You have to figure out where to put them. The Obama administration did this as well. Because right. And a lot, the photos were from the time of the Obama yes, administration. Because you have like, we're gonna, it's all Trump's fault. Because coyotes are bringing children. Yeah. And they are getting paid for it and they are abusing the children and they are posing sometimes as parents when they are not. And so you put the children somewhere. Anyway, we decided the Biden administration decided we're not doing that. What we're doing is we're going to just send them out into the country and we're going to they're basically they, they took border security agencies and turned them into like foster agencies, mm -hmm. which they're not trained to do. And so a bunch of these young people ended up doing truly very problematic jobs sometimes yeah. for like it's like indentured servitude they're paying off being brought by full -time, coyotes full-time jobs and secretary of homeland security iorcas mm -hmm. he got they gave him the third degree when he was before the senate testifying ostensibly about the Biden administration budget issues, but they used it as an opportunity to ask him, yeah. what about the indentured servitude? What about these kids? And, you know, he amazingly, he just holds the line. They're doing a great job. No, there's you know? no crisis. There's no, no crisis. No, there's no crisis. Well, a lot New of York challenges, Times, but we're, you know, doing everything we can. And the New York Times credit where it's due. You Shameful. love to hear it. You love to hear it. Oh, New yes. Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All along, they say there were signs of the explosive growth of this labor force and warnings that the Biden administration ignored or missed. The Times has found again and again, veteran government staffers and outside contractors told the Health and Human Services Department, including in reports that reached Secretary Xavier Becerra, that children appeared to be at risk. The Labor Department put out news releases noting an increase in child labor. Senior White House aides were shown evidence of exploitation, such as clusters of migrant children who had been found working with industrial equipment or caustic chemicals. As the administration scrambled to clear shelters that were strained beyond capacity, children were released with little support to sponsors who expected them to take on grueling, dangerous jobs. So, like, the 13-year-old at Chick-fil-A is not the concern, guys. These, these kids are the concern, and this is a problem of the administration's own making. It's, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm depressing everyone. No, it is. Also, and also is Javier. Oh, Sarah. sorry, Javier, my, my uh, bad. Is it, is it spelled with an H, an X? I have, I thought it was a J. It could be an X, but he's Javier. Okay, my anyway. bad. It's spelled, in this story, it's spelled with an X, which is why I read uh, it that way. Hold on. Let me look it up. We're going to, we're going to settle this right now. Right now, yeah. It's spelled with an X, so if it's Javier, oh. it's just interestingly spelled. Yes, they ha. Okay. Anyway, okay. 
Apologies, everyone. Sorry. You're right. You're right. Cause I just like, threw that Because like Oaxaca, I guess it would be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I should have just said Sarah. Sorry. Sarah. Sorry. Anyway. No, that's no, fine. A, a dispatch from the United States college campuses where people are just getting smarter by the day. Vic. Smarter yes. by the oh, day. Oh, yes. You sent me this. We're just, it gets worse and worse, but continue. Know, Let's, we, so, we're not even at rock bottom yet. Okay. Oh, Liz Wheeler is coming to, to JMU, James Madison University, and the debate team. Liz Wheeler is a conservative commentator. I believe she was at Daily Wire and then, what is Newsmax, I think. Okay. And anyway, she's coming to speak on campus and the JMU debate team has thoughts. The JMU debate team supports the flourishing of transgender people, both that she's going to speak about these issues. People at JMU and beyond, we oppose the support given by groups on campus to bring Liz Wheeler to speak. And we encourage any group offering her financial or rhetorical support to cease that support immediately. Transgender individuals, da, 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 da. We believe Wheeler's presence on campus undermines opportunities, and we reject the claim that Wheeler's presence on campus benefits free speech. In fact, I guess their argument is the opposite of free speech benefits free speech. Good, good thoughts, guys. Super good type. The JMU debate team, however, Vic, stands for free speech, open dialogue, and argument between perspectives on campus. There can be no effective democracy without the exchange of conflicting ideas. But the entire very many paragraphs here yes. are devoted to not having that debate, not having an argument, barring someone from campus so that they do not have to countenance these conflicting ideas. So it's like they're not actually listening to themselves. Yeah. Because what they're saying is, and this is actually very funny, they they try to, the Shamu debate team Twitter feed they tried to respond to the ratio, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was exhausting. I mean, and they, I mean, as you can imagine, a lot of people responded to the absurdity of this because it sounds, at least on its face, very stupid. But their argument is, we would engage with debate if it was with a very genuine and sincere person who might sure, have sure. possibly a different idea. But Liz Wheeler is not that person. She tells a lot of lies, and we deem her to be not legitimate. Yes. yes. So therefore, also, but that's also, part she's, of it. That's she's, part of it. If she's yeah. so obviously bad and dumb, oh, right, which is always there, dismantle then, her, then. then do the thing. Just yeah, have a debate. You, yeah. If, if you're really good at this sort of thing, then it should be easy to take her arguments apart. But no, they don't want it. And again, there is this push by trans activists, and it really is working, which is to no longer have it up to debate whether or not transgenderism is something to be debatable if that right. makes any sense. So right. that if to even question it out loud, you well, know, it's, it's tantamount. We, they want it to be, to equate that with supporting, you know, racism, sexism, whatever ism. And, and so it's not debatable. Well, that's and that's it. why the Full singles stop. of the, the Jesse singles of the world, you know, take this on in a very intellectual and yeah. measured way are still pilloried much in the same way as the speakers that people like the JMU debate team, deem too problematic to even have a debate with well the the fact is they're not having debate with the people who are you know assiduously careful about covering this issue okay they're not having that debate either in fact what they're doing is sending letters to the new york times telling them that they need to get right with their coverage when they actually investigate these things oh this is hurtful all can we get some adults on campus please there are no adults on campus (laughs) of course it's it's just babies just How hard is it to just have 
a conflicting point no but but you, who would be acceptable to them that's the question exactly no have. one that's that's the problem and this is what they do is that they say well sure we'd have somebody but this person's too extreme mm-hmm. well you know what my friend guy benson was deemed too extreme at brown yeah. okay yeah like and i i don't i know this like makes me a squish in the eyes of of some conservative warriors many of whom i am friends with but like if if you got a problem with me on your campus like yeah exactly you're not gonna mm-hmm. you're not gonna accept anyone's mm-hmm. yeah. differing point of view like yeah that's right that's right it's ridiculous well it was guy like ben- you know guy benson had to get security and like be in a, yeah. and have a plan to get to an undisclosed yeah. location it's insanity mary mary aberstadt just decided not to engage with him she was supposed to speak at Furman college in in south carolina and decided or georgia i can't remember where firm it is yeah and she decided not to because there was already she was already beginning to see pushback and this was just after judge duncan was harangued right uh at stanford so stanford she did she said you know what i'm I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of being there so they can say awful things to me and Furman was very upset. The president said, I can't believe she canceled on us because how do you know? There's only one way to find out if you're going to be attacked. <laughs> you don't know you're going to be like Riley Come on Gaines. down. Come on down. And now we'll never know. And it's your loss. But 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 somebody like Mary Eberstadt not being considered to be thoughtful. I mean, that's this is yeah. or, or you being too right. Yeah. Right wing. This is this is this is crazy now. So this is this is where we are. OK, okay. so I'm just going to end with Let's we're going. See. We're going with just just a little audio of Corinne Jean-Pierre because it's yes, gonna, let's do that. Talk about how useless this White House can be. Let's just hear what's going on here. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about. She's asked a question about who the White House is having come to the White House from Nashville. I'll let you listen to this. We'll see if the the question's audible. If not, I'll repeat it. So Monday, you're going to have three of the lawmakers who protested. Peacefully protested. Who peacefully protested after the Nashville Covenant School shooting. Have any of the victims or the victims' families been invited to the White House? I don't have anything to to read out to you about any invite. Why? I just don't have anything at this time to read out to you any invite. What I can say to you right now is that the president is focused on getting things done. (laughs) So bad. But you know where she's she so she bad. Gonna do? There's, you know, there's, that that this is that's the job, and you can't get fired for first that. Of all, because, first of all, first of all, it's a te- it's a tell when you say I don't have anything to read out. Yeah. What what you should what you should say is like I'm you know the White House guest list is not up to me. The president is talking to people who he deems very important. Body 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 body. It's a bad decision not to meet with the actual victims. In Nashville, in fact, the, instead, the true victims, who are the three Democratic legislators, apparently are coming to the White House because that's who they think deserves attention. Mm-hmm. And they're, in addition to just the bad judgment and lack of empathy for people who actually faced violence instead of words are violence, this is just so useless. This is a useless answer from the podium where you're supposed to have information. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are saying many uh, people are saying many people are saying that the next press secretary should be John Kirby. Uh, he's he's better. Does it from he's time better. to time. But anyway, he's better. He, I used, At we'll CNN, see. I often I was often we on set see. with him at CNN and he's uh, he's better. However, yeah. and in a subject we have not talked about that we need to get to. He was also asked about the 
Inspector General's Afghanistan report. And he's like, oh, yeah, it, it was totes cool, guys, what went down. There was no chaos there. So to some extent, and this was the case with Trump, too, like how well can you do the job when you're carrying water for somebody who's like saying a lot of crazy stuff or doing a lot of crazy things? But you, Kirby's, me, Kirby's better than KJP. Well, let me ask you one question about KJP, which is, is she that much you think of a partisan hack? Or do you think deep down inside she knows that she's just shoveling so much BS that, you know, this is just the job and, you know, but but who are we kidding here? Think, she knows I this think is she knows exactly what she can get away with. And these like to the extent that anyone pushes back, they will become the problem according to yeah. most of the press corps right? oh yeah the person right. pushing back will be the problem oh. the person the person yeah. asking follow-ups will end up being the problem how so be more respectful complete of the press secretary the yeah exactly peter Doocy's a complete thorn and, in side, and i so. also think she's just like you default to sort of getting your hackles up and being really dismissive and condescending when you are not good at the thing you're being asked to do right i think and she's yeah. very condescending and again not being useful in the yeah. role that she's supposed to have so anyway oh, it's quite a quite a I, I have nothing i have nothing more to read out vic okay well i but well I, the news is just gonna get sadder because i have an update for you oh dear i do the update our producer jennifer hopful told us this last week wet and wild the theme park that i talked about as a water park and saying oh like universal and and SeaWorld, i'm sure they're happy that disney gets treated like them now and doesn't have any of these special tax considerations and autonomy wet and wild is closed jennifer says it closed at the end of 2016 uh, it, it you know what though it was like too many other theme parks were getting into the whole water park yeah everybody adds one now dollywood has a water park i gotta go to that one and so the what where Wet and Wild was is now, I think, part of Universal property. Mm. So, yeah, but they do one. They had a ride, Wet and Wild, called the Brainwash. You could imagine what that was like. That sounds yeah, fun. I mean, <laughs> okay. Also, Mary Catherine, before before we leave, you mentioned last week a friend of yours who also had a horrendous experience returning from to Dulles Airport. Oh uh, yes, yeah. our our we're honored to have as a as a listener the fetching Mrs. Hewitt, and I was oh on... yes. I was on Hugh Hewitt's radio show the other day. The fetching Mrs. Hewitt was traveling and at Dulles encountered many, many, many open slots for customs agents while there were just seas of people gathering to be screened. And there's like 20 plus open slots for agents because we couldn't fully staff. No, no, couldn't do that. In fact, because of COVID, you still can't get your passport in any sort of timely fashion. Now, it's all, it's all very up in the air. Still. Not, not, not to cast doubt on Mrs. Hewitt's claims here, but my, my theory is that all the TSA agents were stuck in a people mover. <laughs> they were it going happens. from Terminal A. They got stuck in the intersection of Terminal B, going on the way to C. You know, there was, a, there was a traffic jam. In front of those people movers. Also, a listener, he goes on Twitter, he goes by Bill the Galactic Hero, said one hour at Dulles was enough to make him mad, and his wife had to really just rein him in. It's a thing. It's a thing. Oh, I have, I also have a brief update, which I did not include earlier, that the Florida state government's new board that formerly was the Disney owned Reedy Creek board, they did in fact declare that the Reedy Creek board's attempt to usurp state government authority mm -hmm. and extend it for the next 30 35 years was null and void and unconstitutional according to them i'm sure this will face more legal challenges but it sounded dubious from the beginning to me so it sounds like the state 
board will now be in charge of this area of land. But it felt so good to say DeSantis got owned by the mouse. Owned. Okay. Stay tuned for the next chapter. Actually, there should be a a Pixar movie about this fight. That's what I want. (laughs) Yeah. With the evil governor villain. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Actually. Yeah. I'm thinking we should run him through AI and see what he looks like as a Pixar character. There you go. There you go. That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here and getting hammered responsibly. We will see you soon. This is the Nebulous Media Podcast. Bye.